You're listening to the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lummer. I'm a certified life, health, and nutrition coach, and I'm also a breast cancer thriver. If you're trying to figure out how to move past the trauma and the emotional toll of breast cancer, you've come to the right place. In this podcast, I will give you the tools and the insights to create a life that's even better than before breast cancer. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 251 of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lummer, and this is our Tuesday Terrain Talk episode. And I love these episodes because I love talking about so many little small things we can do to support our health and to feel more powerful when it comes to supporting our health. And that's such an important thing, especially when it comes to surviving cancer, I believe. You know, I, I've talked about this so many times on the podcast, but it is always at the front of my mind. I think that one of the most impactful things in that trauma we go through is the feeling of powerlessness. And if there was anything I could do, it would be to help lessen that feeling of powerlessness and improve that feeling of power. And I think that the best way to do that is by letting people know that there's so many options, there's so many choices, there are so many things we can do to, and I think this is an important way to say it, to cultivate health rather than thinking of fighting cancer. You know, I have had that shift in mentality from that fight mentality to a healing mentality many years ago now. And it still comes up in tiny little things. There's tiny little words that'll come to mind. And I think, oh, that's still a fight mentality. And oftentimes when we speak of food or anything else that we do in life, we'll talk about, oh, it prevents cancer, it prevents cancer. And I feel like when we get into that mindset, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. And you'll hear me say, hey, this has anti-cancer benefits. I think those are great tidbits of information to know if we take them in as information and we don't allow our mental space to get stuck in fighting cancer, but promoting health, right? So does this promote my health? And I also think that when we adopt a mentality of does this promote health, it not only helps us to make better choices and do the things that do support a stronger immune system, do support better sleep, do support overall better health, and do have cancer-fighting properties. But it also leads us into this crowding theory. If you're making more choices that support health, if you're asking yourself that question when you reach for something to eat, when you reach for something to drink, when you think about a lifestyle choice that you're making and you think, does this support health? If the answer is yes and you choose it, then you're choosing fewer things that don't support health, right? Because we can't fit it all in. And so I feel like it makes it easier for me, definitely, but for the people I work with to think about what can I add in and get out of this mentality of what can I take out? What can I fight? What can, you know, that just, it's just really hard to maintain that mentality and that energy is a little more draining and powerlessness. What can I cut out? Oh, I'm not allowed to do that. You know, so let's try to shift, especially using these Tuesday train talks to shift our thinking into what promotes my health. 
What can I add into my life that I enjoy? Enjoyment is a big deal. We've got to enjoy what we do. There are very few people who will keep doing something that sucks. I'm not one of them. No way. If I don't enjoy it, if it doesn't taste good, you know what? I'll give you a perfect example. I love my morning cup of coffee. I do. My morning routine is I get up. My husband has already made coffee. I pour a cup of coffee. I take it back to bed, pull up my blankies, and I do my journaling and my reading while I drink coffee. I love it. But when we travel, sometimes I have pretty shitty coffee in hotels. And we recently were in Florida and the coffee was gross, gross. It was undrinkable to me. Um, my husband says I'm a coffee snob and I may be. So as much as I love a morning cup of coffee, if it's not good, I won't drink it. I'll go days without a cup of coffee unless it's a delicious cup of coffee. Yeah. So some people can do that. Some people can. I'm not real sensitive to caffeine. I just like the ritual. So I'll just have a cup of tea in the morning when there's not good coffee. But the point being that we don't like to do things we don't like. So we've got to find ways to think about what supports my health and do I like it? Or is there a way I could learn to like it? Could I go into this a little bit at a time? And today I'm going to talk about a super simple thing that you can do to support your health. But I want to point out, you know, people talk a lot about superfoods and I don't know, whatever they want to call them. And I just think that's so much overkill, you know, because it's not like they're superfoods. It's like they're frigging whole food. They're regular food people. And we've forgotten how to eat regular food. So all of a sudden they're superfoods because they have nutrients in them, because they have phytochemicals and phytonutrients that help to support our body and reduce inflammation. They're not superfoods. They're foods that are grown from this earth that were meant for us to consume to support our health. That's how they've always been. But somehow we forgot how to eat. So when I talk about different foods and something as simple today as we're going to talk about, it's not like, oh, I just discovered this amazing superfood <laughs> incorporated into your life and it's just going to cure everything. Come on, that's a crock of shit. But the more choices you can make to go back to things that are whole, that come from the earth, that grew from this earth, that sustained life for thousands of years, then the better off we are, right? We're going to talk about a simple thing today. I'm going to talk to you about lemons and why incorporating lemons and lemon zest and citrus, lime zest and things of that nature into your diet is important and how it will help you. So don't go thinking that, oh my God, I can start baking all my cupcakes and just putting lemon zest in them and I'm supporting my health. No, that's not how this works. Okay. But incorporating lemon juice, lemon zest, lime, lime zest, I'm going to give you some ideas. I'm going to tell you some different uses and what it does for your body is a wonderful thing. And I'm also going to give you resources so that you can figure out a way to enjoy them while they're delicious. I am big on deliciousness, people. So I'm going to share with you some of my favorite recipes because I also love the sweet taste and I also hate feeling deprived. If I want a treat, I want a treat. But I have learned that I can do that without consuming flour and sugar. And that's very important. And I can get a delicious, wonderful taste. And I'm going to share that with you too. Because 
when we can find these alternatives and they're truly good alternatives, right? That don't cause harm to your health, that aren't some bizarre chemical, that don't leave some disgusting aftertaste, but really truly delicious and supporting your health. Then we can incorporate in those into our life and crowd out other things. I have, I'm going to share with you today, I may have shared this on the podcast before, but I'm going to share with you today an ingredient that I use on a regular basis. And I've shared this with so many friends who come back to me months and months afterward and say, you know what? I don't eat sugar anymore because I use that. Because I didn't believe there was something that could actually replace sugar, but that actually replaces sugar. It's amazing. And wonderful. You know, a lot of people don't trust or want to believe, and they think, oh, that's going to be something disgusting. But I'll tell you, there's lots of great alternatives. And so I'm going to share some of those with you on this episode and on many episodes. But again, this is not a cure-all. So think about this is one thing you can begin to incorporate into your life more and more, and it will help in a couple of ways. And this is, I chose lemons today. I chose citrus. I'm going to say citrus, but primarily lemons because they've been proven to be even kind of the most power packed of the citrus fruits of lime, grapefruit. And a lot of us can't eat grapefruit because many of the medications that we take for breast cancer don't work well with grapefruit juice. I know that pretty much every med that I have taken since I started breast cancer treatment cannot be taken with grapefruit. So that's an important thing to remember. Obviously, we're not going to risk our health. So learning that we can take in some of these citrus fruits, they're low sugar, they're high fiber, and they have lots of other benefits to them. But not only that, this is not only good for our dietary, for our nutrition needs, but also for reducing the toxic burden in our life and in our environment. And I'm going to talk about that as well. So just keeping all this in mind, keeping like, here's a, a simple thing. It's a lemon. What are you going to tell me how to make lemonade? No, because if I tell you how to make lemonade, you're going to put sugar in it. <laughs> and that's why I'm going to give you an alternative to the sugar. But also just some very simple ideas. And then I'm going to address because I know we live busy lives, I'm going to address the fact that you may not want to do some of the things that I will suggest, even though they're very simple. And that's okay. I'm going to offer you some alternatives. All right. So let's just remember, nothing is a cure-all. Adding in a new food or consistently adding in something into your diet that supports your health does not negate doing things that don't support your health, right? We don't add in one good thing to a bunch of not so great things and think that it changes it. It doesn't, but our brain loves to do that. You know, our brain loves to do that. It just loves to say like, hmm, well, cheesecake, I mean, if a lot of people follow that ketogenic diet and cheesecake is higher in fat than most other treats, isn't it? So probably cheesecake is the best call for me to make. <laughs> If I'm going to choose a dessert, let's put aside how much sugar is in a cheesecake, right? Or even flourless cake, you know, we'll turn to flourless, flourless chocolate cake, which who doesn't love a flourless chocolate cake? It's freaking delicious. But we think, oh, there's no flour, but there's a ton of sugar, right? So we have to be aware and we have to be honest with ourselves. And it doesn't mean never make those choices. It just means be honest with yourself when you're making those choices and be honest about how often you're making those choices with yourself, right? You get to choose. You're a grown up. You get to choose the way you're going to live. So no cure-alls. And one good thing doesn't negate one bad thing, but it does help to crowd out 
other choices that may not be so supportive of your health. And so let's dig in. Why do we need to do a whole podcast on lemons, right? Lemons are really beneficial and they are a very simple way for you to add something that supports your health into your life on a daily basis. Lemons and limes, oranges as well, which I love oranges, but oranges are going to be a little higher in fructose, a little higher in sugar. And so they, even though it is a natural sugar, fructose is still a sugar. So you do want to check and see if you eat that, there's going to be a little more carbohydrates in that than in lemons and in limes. And you want to see how does it affect your blood sugar? And test and see, is it something that spikes your blood sugar? Where lemons and limes typically are not, they're more acidic and they're high in fiber. And so they're actually really safe foods for people with diabetics generally, but always check with your doctor before you do something like that, before you make any decisions on what's good for you, know that. And so I'll primarily focus on lemons and limes. So what's what's so good about them? Why does everybody want lemon in their water, right? Well, actually lemon has a lot of antibacterial benefits. So it makes an excellent addition to your oral care routine. Lemon juice, lemon zest, because there's limonene in the zest. And that's limonene is part of that really powerful essential oil that we get in citrus. And essential oils have these anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antifungal properties. So when it comes to eating lemons, drinking the lemon juice can really be beneficial for the overall oral health. So it's been shown to have some benefits for our gum health, and it's been shown to have benefits also for throat health. So for oral health, for sore throats, I mean, when you think about it, I know one of my favorite teas when I didn't feel well or when my kids were sick and didn't feel well was a cup of freshly made lemon tea with some mint pulled fresh from the garden and smacked to wake it up, put it in there with a little tiny bit of ginger and a little tiny bit of honey, and it helps a sore throat. And why does it do that? Well, it's got anti-inflammatory properties, antifungal properties, and a lot of vitamin C. So lemon actually has about 30 milligrams of vitamin C for one gram of lemon. And one gram of lemon is less than a half ounce, so it's a very small portion. And the recommended daily value for us to consume for men is 90 milligrams daily and for women is 70 milligrams daily. So incorporating lemon juice and lemon zest into your diet and into your foods on a regular basis can be very beneficial, not only for your oral health, but for all kinds of aspects of your health. So many of the studies that have been done on lemons mostly have been done in the test tube. They haven't been done on humans. And so there's a whole different, when we're talking about tests and results that we see when they're done in a test tube in a lab, it gives us some idea that this is probably an effect that this thing has. But when it's done in a human being, obviously we get a little more insight. But even though there haven't been a lot of human studies with lemons, we have lab studies, animal studies, test tube studies, and we have hundreds, thousands of years of anecdotal evidence because lemons have been grown for a very long time. And they started out in Southeast Asia, moved through China, moved through all of the Mediterranean, came over to the United States. In fact, it's a really interesting story because lemons obviously are grown year round in the United States and we have access to them. But Meyer lemons 
were imported into the United States from China in about 1908 from a gentleman named F.N. Meyer. And Meyer lemons were thought to be a cross between a lemon and an orange, which is why they're a little sweeter and a little less acidic. They have a smoother rind, a smoother skin, and they are in peak season November through May. And it's important to realize that because we want to eat seasonal foods when they're in season. Because when they're in season, if they're non-GMO foods, we want to make sure they're non-GMO foods. We can get them in their organic. They grow when they're supposed to grow. They grow when the season is right for them. And when the the circadian rhythm of the earth and the planet and everything is right to support them. That's why they have a season. And when they are in season, then they're at their peak of nutritional value. So we want to be aware of when we're choosing what foods and choosing as many foods when they're in season as possible, because that's another simple way to support our health. What is health promoting? Eating foods that are in season, because our biorhythms, our circadian rhythms are in sync with the universe that we live in, with the planet that we live on. And so are the foods and the animals on this planet. And again, that's where I say we get so out of touch with this whole circle of life and nutrition. And now if this brings us a little back into sync with that, when we start thinking about things that promote our health are things that grow naturally from the earth at specific times and that's when our bodies need them the most. Whether those seasons are for detoxification, for nourishment, for hydration, right? There's all, think about the different foods that grow during the different seasons and how they support what we're going through. You know, it's not like we have a lot of root vegetables and pumpkins and things like that. Don't grow during the summer. Those are fall foods and they're heavier and they're sweeter and they have different nutrition in them than the ones that are in season during the summer, which are more watery, right? Berries and apples and strawberries and pine watermelon. Think about it. So that during the hotter part of the year, these foods naturally come from the earth to meet our nutritional needs at that time. And I love that. I think that that is such a, a wonderful, beautiful way to think about eating. And again, bringing in the things that during that season support our health. All right. So let's talk about, we can get these lemons year round. Meyer lemons are a little bit of an exception. They have a peak season. So it's great news that we can use these fruits to benefit our bodies all year round in so many simple ways. So here are some of the ways that science has found that lemons benefit us. One, I've already said they're high in fiber. And so that is very helpful in our body because it helps us to manage cholesterol. It helps to keep bad cholesterol lower. And when bad cholesterol is lower, we don't have cholesterol accumulating in our arteries. Blood flows more freely. And so it's been shown that lemons can be good for heart health because they are high in fiber and they also have potassium in them. And potassium is beneficial for heart health. Now, of course, we've seen that lemons support immunity. I mean, not only do we think about the tea that I shared with you earlier, but think about when people are sick, lemon tea, lemon lozenges, right? We go to lemon throat lozenges, lemon essential oils, and even inhaling where people will take the slices of lemons and mint and put them in water and boil it and inhale the steam from it. There's so many benefits from the essential oils in the lemons. And so the vitamin C helps to give us an immunity boost. 
And the antioxidants that are found in lemons also help to protect us from colds and flus. So incorporating lemons on a regular basis and keeping that vitamin C going through you. And as I said, they've got a high level of vitamin C that's like, what, 30% of your daily intake. So easy to get in and delicious. And those antioxidants have been found to help with the circulatory system, again, supporting heart health. Lemons are great for digestion. So again, we're thinking of putting the lemons in the water, right? The server at the restaurant comes, everybody orders water with lemon in it. Do they know why they're ordering water with lemon in it? I'm not sure. Maybe they just like the flavor of it, but it's good because it's increasing digestion. So lemon can really help especially if you have a little bit of it before you eat, because it can help to improve digestion. It's high in pectin. And so pectin can help with the whole digestive process. Lemon is also high in citric acid. And citric acid is beneficial for helping to just kind of keep the stomach calm. It helps to aid in the digestion of food so we don't get heartburn and stomach aches after we're eating. So put lemon in your water at the restaurant. It's good stuff. Even in traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, lemon is used often as a digestive support. The only difference really between what we see here in the United States compared to the way it would be used in traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda is we don't put ice in water. It's not recommended to drink anything cold while you're eating, really ever, and room temperature water is what's recommended. And it's also not recommended to drink liquid during the meal because you don't want to decrease the power and the heat of the digestive system during the meal. So that would be a little different from the way we traditionally take in food in the United States. And that citric acid in lemon juice has also been shown in laboratory studies to reduce the development of kidney stones. And the pectin that helps with the digestion has also been shown to be beneficial in managing weight. So if you have a glass of lukewarm water, not ice water again, because it's easier to drink the lukewarm water. So you squeeze the lemon juice in and you put the pulp in there. So get the zest in there. Pectin is kind of like a thickener, right? You can use pectin, especially in um, raw dishes, like raw food, want to say raw food cooking, which sounds weird, but raw food, food preparation, and vegan and vegetarian, we use pectin to thicken things. Pectin is in jams and jellies. So think about it. It's thickening something up. So you have this water and you've got that pectin in it. So it's kind of like that high fiber that's going to give you that full feeling when you get it down into your tummy. And so it's been shown to help people eat less when they consume glasses of lemon water with the pulp included in it before eating. Now, I don't think that you can look very far without seeing vitamin C in just about every moisturizer and skin serum, everything out there that you can find that goes on the skin talks about the benefits of vitamin C. Well, with lemon being so high in vitamin C, it's also very good for the skin. And that's because vitamin C helps in collagen formation. And collagen is what keeps us fluffy and youthful, right? So the consuming, the regular consumption of the lemon zest, which I'm going to give you some ways to eat that, the lemon juice and the lemon zest, also good for the skin. And the one way that I would advocate sugar and lemons together is taking the zest and the juice of lemons and mixing it with sugar and olive oil and making a beautiful scrub for your skin. Our skin is this amazing organ. 
And our skin absorbs things through the skin, which is why when we're talking about lowering our toxic burden, lemon serves not only a nutritional value in our life, but also the reduction of the toxic burden because you can use it as a natural exfoliant by mixing it with sugar and just putting it in a little container, putting some olive oil and sugar. So you exfoliate, remove dead skin, expose your skin to that vitamin C and get nice moisturizer from the good olive oil as well. So I highly recommend that. And then lemon juice, who hasn't heard that lemon juice could be used as a cleanser, right? So easy to prepare. You can just take a cup of vinegar and you put the lemon zest and the lemon juice all into that vinegar and you let it sit for a couple of days and soak out all those good oils and get everything out of the lemon. And then you add in, strain it and add in another cup of water, equal parts of the lemon vinegar and water together. And you've got a really nice antibacterial, antifungal spray and cleanser for your house. Another way to reduce the toxic burden. Now, you may not want to use your lemon vinegar water on everything, right? People say, oh, that just doesn't clean good enough. I like a deeper cleaning. But for day-to-day things, for easy things, maybe just spraying it to when you're wiping down the counter, right? Easy things that you can use it on, wiping off the kitchen table, just the more we can reduce toxic exposures, the better. And it is a really simple way to have something easy to use around the house that leaves a nice fresh scent afterwards as well. And now, of course, you want to hear about the anti-cancer properties. And again, that's where vitamin C comes into play. And so laboratories have shown that the lemon peel, the lemon zest, can have many anti-cancer benefits, including that it helps to boost our immune system because of the vitamin C. And boosting our immune system improves the growth of white blood cells. There are even a couple of studies that have seen that D-limonene, that limonene that's in the zest, like the essential oil part, has had some benefit for stomach cancer. Now, important to remember, this is not a treatment for cancer, okay? Lemon zest and lime zest is not a treatment for cancer, but it is a health-promoting, health-supportive, and may have these benefits. Again, they haven't been used in human trials, so but they have been shown in laboratory studies to have some benefit. So why not incorporate them as a health-promoting addition to a nutritious and delicious diet plan? All right, so let's talk about how you can incorporate even more lemons, lemon and limes, lemon zest, lime zest, into your life. This is one that I actually use often and I really like it a lot, is using a coarse salt and a half of a lemon as a cleanser for pots and pans. So you put that coarse salt in there and you just take the lemon and you scrub that salt around and it's antibacterial and the acid in the lemon works beautifully to help clean some of those messy dishes. So that's something that I really like to do. Again, relieving more toxic burden, not using heavy cleaners to try to get stains and things off of pans. But let's talk about food. And what do you do? Is there more than just lemon water you can do? And what happens if you do want lemonade, but lemonade without sugar is kind of gross, without sweetener. I mean, to me it is. Unsweetened lemonade, mm, not so good. So what can you do? Well, lemon zest And lime zest is an amazing addition to so many things. You can put it on your salads. You can put it on your baked goods, 
But if you're going to make baked goods, I'm going to highly suggest that you look for alternative recipes. For instance, recipes that use almond flour and replace refined white flours with your almond flour. There's a sweetener that I use when I bake, and it's called Xylo Sweet. So there are several sweeteners that are really popular in ketogenic cooking and paleo cooking. One is monk fruit, another is erythritol, and another is xylitol. The one I use is called Xylo Sweet, is xylitol, and these are sugar alcohols, so they don't have carbohydrates. They're not metabolized in our body. And so they are also used a lot for people who have diabetes so they can have the sweet taste without having the spike in their blood sugar. That's why these sweeteners are so popular in the ketogenic diet world and in the paleo diet world. Now, people have an aversion to artificial sweeteners. I always did. And I think that it's important to make a distinction between sugar alcohols, monk fruit, stevia, natural sweeteners, and chemical sweeteners like aspartame and things of that nature. So the one that I chose, the Xylo Sweet product that I use, I'll put a link to it in the show notes here, I use because it is the same sweetness as sugar. So some of these artificial sweeteners, you'll taste them and you'll think, oh my God, this has this horrible aftertaste. And that's because it's hundreds or even thousands of times sweeter than sugar. So you would use a few drops in place of, say, a cup of sugar. With the XyloSweet product, you use one for one. So if you're using a cup of sugar, you use a cup of xylitol. It's granulated just like sugar. And you can purchase it in the powdered form. But when I need it for anything that I'm making that needs powdered sugar, I just put it in like the grinder I use for coffee beans and grind it up and powder it. And that works beautifully. So it cooks like sugar, it browns like sugar, and it does not have a funky aftertaste. That's the product that I've told you that I have shared with so many of my friends. And it's a wonderful product to try out. You can just buy it on Amazon. I'll put a link to it in the show notes at thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com 151 forward slash 151. You can find it there. I'm also going to share with you a recipe for one of my favorite lemon treats, which are keto lemon bars. And this is a recipe that I got off the dietdoctor.com website. I think Diet Doctor is an incredible resource for ketogenic recipes. And if you're not doing a ketogenic diet, it's fine because you can still find a ton of really yummy desserts on that website that don't incorporate sugar and flour and are very flavorful and delicious. Trust me. I know some of you are shaking your head going, oh, yeah, right. They're delicious. Trust me. I don't eat stuff that tastes gross. They've got really good recipes on there. And so I'll share the link to my favorite lemon bar recipe. And I'm thinking I'm going to go make it after I finish recording this podcast. Just, just thinking about it makes me want to eat them. They've got like a shortbread crust and a lemon curd topping. I mean, mm. They are delicious and they have no sugar and they have no flour in them. So another great way to enjoy lemon and get more lemon peel, lemon zest. I said you can zest things, zest it on everything, zest it onto your vegetables, zest it onto your salads, of course, and use it in tea. 
So you can take big peels of your lemon and your lime, just like with a vegetable peeler. You can throw those peels onto a cookie sheet and cook them at 200 degrees and dehydrate them. So you've got a baggie of them. You can throw that baggie of dehydrated lemon peels into hot water. You can make tea. Now, some of you are listening going, there's no way in hell you're ever going to find me taking lemon peels and doing the Betty Crocker thing with dehydrating them in the oven. And I know you, I get it. It's okay. So I'm going to put some links to where you can buy lemon peels by the bag, or even just their slices of lemons. It's the whole lemon and they're dehydrated for you and they don't have any sugar added to them. You can actually find in the culinary spices, you can find lemon peel, granulated lemon peel. You can find powdered lemon peel. You can go on Amazon and find those products as well. But I just want to really emphasize, since you're using the peel and when fruit is grown, where does the pesticide get sprayed? On the outside. So be mindful of the dirty dozen list. Be mindful of the clean 15 list. And be mindful that since you're using the peel, we want to make sure that it's a non-GMO, all right? And the links that I'm going to give to you are non-GMO products, organic when you can find it. If you're doing it at home, grab the organic lemons and limes and just make sure that you're playing it as safe as possible as far as reducing the pesticides that are in the zest that you're going to be using. And finally, you can use lemons as a lovely room freshener. Literally slice some lemons, throw them into a pot, get that water simmering, throw in a little bit of spearmint leaves, some mint leaves in there and some lemons. And that essential oil is going to come out of the skin and it will be a beautiful fragrance in your whole house for at least a few hours. It's usually good for a few hours and you're not having any chemicals like scented candles and other, what are they, like the little chunks of wax that you can burn that have chemicals in them that you really don't want to be inhaling. So we can have our house smelling beautiful and bright and citrusy and lemon oil is actually used to help increase focus. Lemon essential oils are diffused sometimes in classrooms and it's known as one of the treatments if you practice with essential oils that you can use those in your home and the lemon oil helps the brain to focus. So it's another beautiful way of incorporating lemons into your life. So this is just a super simple, super accessible, common food that has so many uses and so many benefits for our health. It's another way to think about how am I promoting good health versus how can I fight cancer? right? And I even when I say that, I feel the, the shift in energy in my body that goes from fear, how do I fight cancer, to abundance, right? How do I promote good health? How do I feel better? How do I feel happy? How do I have less pain in my body? How do I have less inflammation in my body? And there are so many small things we can add into our lifestyle to accomplish that. Now, if you want more help with that, I have an amazing program on my website called the 90 Days of Wellness, and it is a three-month-long program. It is 90 days of taking a heart-centered approach to your health, of looking at different ways to incorporate simple things into your routine to promote wellness, to promote your good health. And when you 
enroll in 90 days of wellness. It's all online. You do it all at your own pace. But for that first 90 days, you have access to me twice a month for an hour each time during my office hours that you can come and ask questions and get coached on that program as well. So there's a ton of benefit to it, a ton of value to it. And I hope you check it out. You can find it on my website, thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com forward slash wellness, or just go to my website, thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com and click on the top where you see coaching and courses and you'll find it on that page. All right, my friends, get out there, buy some lemons, use them all and come and find me on Facebook. You can join my free Facebook group, the Breast Cancer Recovery Group, and share with me the way you incorporate lemons into your life to promote your good health. I'll talk to you again soon. Take care. You've tamed the voices in your head. You've put your courage to the test. Laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before Your heart is full and wanting more Your future's at the door Give it all you got No hesitating You've been waiting all your life This is your moment